guides us. I want to invite you to turn in God's Word to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 4, we're going to look at today. We started a series uh, in Proverbs through the summer called Summer in the School of Wisdom. Proverbs is a book of wisdom. It's not a book that necessarily uh, we walk straight through and has some, uh, some continuous story, but it's one which God dispenses to us uh, wisdom from his word in the context of his word, uh, but wisdom to guide us in the, um, in the practical aspects of life. And today we're going to look at uh, God's fatherly wisdom given to us through a father's um, words to his son, which much of Proverbs at the beginning of it is. So if you would hit that top, yeah, just get involved here. Get, just a little bit, that's great. I feel like I'm really loud. You can turn me down just a little bit. That's good. Can you all hear me in the background? Okay, just want to make sure. All right. Let's uh, give our attention. I'm going to read all of this uh, chapter, uh, which, again, is um, uh, the words of a father, Solomon, son of David, to his sons uh, regarding uh, wisdom. So let's hear this word from our father, God, through uh, Solomon. Hear, O sons, a father's instruction, and be attentive, that you may gain insight. For I give you good precepts. Do not forsake my teaching. When I was a son with my father, tender, the only one in the sight of my mother, he taught me, and he said to me, Let your heart hold fast to my words. Keep my commandments and live. Get wisdom. Get insight. Do not forget and do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will keep you. Love her and she will guard you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. And whatever you get, get insight. Prize her highly and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a graceful garland. She will bestow on you a beautiful crown. Hear, my son, and accept my words, that the years of your life may be many. I have taught you the way of wisdom. I have led you in the paths of uprightness. When you walk, your step will not be hampered. And if you run, you will not stumble. Keep hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life. Do not enter the path of the wicked. Do not walk in the way of the evil. Avoid it. Do not go on it. Turn away from it and pass on. For they cannot sleep unless they have done wrong. They are robbed of sleep unless they have made someone stumble. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the righteousness is like the light of the dawn. It shines brighter and brighter until full day. The way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. So my son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Put away from you crooked speech. Put devious talk far from you. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet, and then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. Father, we thank you for your word, which is truth. 
and for your son Jesus who is wisdom and truth. And so would you speak to us and to our hearts through this your word and through him who is wisdom. And would you shape us more and more into children who are wise and who love and live for you and according to your ways. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. So again, happy Father's Day to all the fathers who are here. Our gift again to you is to let you come to church in shorts and a t-shirt. <laughs> One that I was excited about. Actually, you can do that on any Sunday and your Heavenly Father will still love you. The other day, my wife said something about getting a card and a gift for Father's Day, and I quickly assumed it was for me, and I nodded and thanked her in advance, and she said, you are not my father. <laughs> and for some reason, I don't think that response works the same on Mother's Day. <laughs> so kids, don't rely on your mom to do something special for your dad on Father's Day. That's your job. And dads, be sure to get your wife flowers and a gift on Mother's Day. As we begin this morning, I want you to take some time right now and think about your own father. I want you to think about things that your father taught you. I want you to think about what you observed and learned from your father. Now, I'm aware that not all here are fathers, but all of us are children of fathers. Some of you have had good fathers who were present, who were active, who were engaged in your life. Perhaps you can recall a, a specific time in which he sat down with you for a, a father-son or father-daughter conversation. You may remember some of the things he taught you, how to color within the lines, how to ride your bike, how to throw a ball or mow the lawn. You might remember his example of goodness and, and godliness, which taught you what words could never teach. His stability in difficult times, his courage in the face of danger, his love for your mother. And some of you have had bad fathers who maybe were physically present but were somewhere else emotionally or mentally who were distant or dismissive towards you. Perhaps you recall one-sided conversations that were more harsh than they were helpful. You might remember a life of sin in your father that you did not want to follow or things that he taught you that you wish you could now forget. You may lament that you didn't have a better, better earthly father. For some, your father may not have been around. Maybe your dad died when you were young, or maybe he left your mom and your family. Maybe just work or some other circumstance kept him always away from home. Perhaps you had a, a stepfather or an adopted dad who were somewhere along that that spectrum. Whether society will admit it or not, whether we will admit it or not, research confirms that, that at some level there is a father factor connected with nearly all the issues that we deal with in our lives. But we don't need studies to show us that. Most of us can recall something we learned, or perhaps something we wish we'd learned, from our fathers. And that's the point. If you're here this morning and you are a father or, or maybe you're going to be a future father or maybe you're just a father figure to some that God has put in your life, you will teach your children something. Whether good or bad, present or absent, 
Fathers are instructing our children in something. And that's because the role of fathers and the role of mothers as well in the life of children is not just a biological necessity. And it's not just a, a social construct that we can kind of think up and do without or, 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 uh, or live with. God created and designed the family, and he, he, particularly fathers and mothers, as the means by which children would not only enter the world, but would be taught, would be instructed, would be discipled in how to live in the world. So the question for fathers is not, not, are you teaching your children something? But rather, what are you teaching them? What are they learning from you? And thankfully, God, our Heavenly Father, our faithful Heavenly Father, has not left us to figure it out on our own. Proverbs is a book of wisdom. It's filled with precepts and principles for living in a wise and godly way that leads to peace and prosperity and joy in life. It's a manual of how to, how to deal with the, the blessings and the benefits as well as the struggles and the trials that we face in life. And it's a manual of some sort for, for seeing things as they really are and, and, and responding in the context of God's truth. And it's not by accident that this wisdom for life that God has given to us in his word is conveyed primarily as a father's instructions to his son. It is at its core the wise instruction of God, the perfect father for all of us as his children to hear and to heed. So, so in that sense, no matter what you learn from your earthly father, good or bad, no matter what you learn from them, these are the words of a good father who knows you, who loves you, who is present with you, who will guide you in the way of wisdom and life. And one of his primary means of doing that is through earthly fathers and mothers who teach and instruct their children in wisdom that leads to life. And so we're going to look at this fatherly wisdom that God has given us here through Solomon in chapter 4. Proverbs 4 continues this pattern of, of Solomon, son of David, instructing his son. And in this case, it opens addressing uh, the plural, hear, O sons, suggesting that, that, that here is a, is a broader appeal of some sense. And what we see here is, in essence, three descriptions of wisdom as that which we as, as fathers, we as fathers and mothers, we as spiritual fathers to those God puts in our life, can diligently teach and instruct our children. And as children, it gives instruction that we need to diligently hear and heed from our Heavenly Father. And those, those three descriptions are wisdom is a person to be loved, wisdom is a path to be walked, and wisdom are, is principles to be guarded. <clears throat> That's what we're going to look at. The overall command or instruction which, which this father, Solomon, has for his sons is that which he says he himself received from his father, presumably King David, when he was just a, a tender child, when he was the, the only one in the care and the sight of his, his mother. And what was it that his father told him? What was it that, that David primarily wanted to, to get uh, uh, to, to teach his son Solomon? It was to get wisdom to get insight, to get understanding. I remember when, when our boys were little, 
they would wake up early and, and give Kathy a little break. I like to get up early and cook breakfast. And so, so they would be playing in the bonus room. I would be downstairs cooking, you know, eggs and bacon or pancakes or whatever it was. And, and when the food was ready, I'd call upstairs and I would say, hey, guys, breakfast is ready. Come and get it. And they would drop everything. And you would hear this, this loud scramble. And down the steps they would come. And they were just like beelining it for the kitchen for breakfast. Why was that? Because they were hungry. They were. They, they were. They knew there was something tasty. Knew there was something desirable. Knew there was something, hopefully, good waiting for them around the table. And the best and most desirable, most healthy and, and profitable instruction that we can offer as fathers to our sons and daughters, as parents to our children, as adults to the next generation, is to come and get wisdom. Come and get it. Get wisdom. Not get breakfast, not get dressed, not get a haircut, not get an education or a great job or, or get a spouse. Those are all things that we will tell our children that we have been told to, to get by our parents at some point. But to be wise. Because in getting wisdom, we are equipped for, to get all those other things that we, that we desire in life. And to live life in a, in a good and, and, and right way for any particular situation. And wisdom is characterized here as the words and instructions, the good precepts, the commands gained from a father, uh, from a son, from his father, and passed on now as a father to his son. And Solomon describes this wisdom we're to get first as a person to be loved. You know, we all long to have someone to love us. And, to love, and for us to love. As kids, we long for our parents' love and care and protection. As parents, we long for our kids to find the, the right person to give themselves to in love and life, the right husband and the right wife to spend their life and become one with. We all look to, to, to have someone special that we can, we can love and honor and treat them well, and they in turn do the same for us. And here, God says the one who will best fulfill that desire for us, for our children, is wisdom. And again, wisdom is personified, personified here as a woman to be loved, to be highly prized, to be embraced. Verse 7 says the beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. And whatever you get, get insight. That's an interesting way to say it. The beginning of wisdom is actually to have wisdom, to get wisdom. And you may remember back in chapter 1 and over in chapter 8, we heard that the beginning of knowledge, the beginning of wisdom is what? The fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A reverent awe and a humble respect for God and for his word. So to get wisdom actually starts... With getting God. It actually starts with, 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 with a relationship with the person who is wisdom, with knowing and loving and cherishing and embracing the one who is and has all wisdom. And that means knowing and loving and cherishing and embracing God's own son, his son Jesus. We hear in, in Corinthians became for us the wisdom and the righteousness of God. So fathers, the most important thing you can pass on to your children, the most important thing we as, as children can have passed on to us 
is, to, is, a, is a knowledge and a love of Jesus Christ. It's a knowledge and a love of Jesus Christ. Jesus came and showed us what a perfect life of wisdom is like. And then in love, he laid down that perfect life in order that, that we who are, are born foolish by nature might know and, and have wisdom that now leads to life. And the greatest gift we can give to our kids is to teach and instruct them to embrace wisdom. And kids, the greatest thing you can do in, in your relationship with your parents is to listen and to heed and to pursue the one that they point you to in Jesus Christ. And in turn, the wisdom of Jesus will protect and exalt and honor and provide a beautiful crown, a crown of life, a crown of righteousness, the Proverbs says. Now, these are the, these are the results for those who love and cherish and cling to the wisdom God has for us and to the, the one who is wisdom for us. Getting wisdom is to love the one who is wisdom and cling to Christ. So wisdom is a person to be loved. Wisdom is also a path to be walked. When we embrace wisdom, when we come to, to love Jesus as the wisdom of God, we're also committed to walk in the way, in the way of wisdom, in the way that Christ lays out for us. Hear the Father's words in verse 11. I have taught you the way of wisdom. I have led you in the paths of uprightness. The way of wisdom is to walk in the truth, to walk in the ways of God, to live according to what is good and right. It is a, to obey the will and the, and the way of God. And it's not just enough to know and to love wisdom. It's not just enough to know what God says and know what is good for us. But we must, we must follow it. We must walk in it. We must live by it. We must follow in its footsteps and walk according to its guidance. Jesus calls us to know him, and his call to know him is to follow him. He says, come and, and walk with me, and walk like me. Go with him to grow in his grace and in his truth. He said to his disciples, if you love me, if you know me, if you love me, you will obey my commands. You will do what I say. You will live as I call you to live. And to follow the path of wisdom is, as we saw last week, to find sure footing in our journey in life, a life that's filled with slippery slopes and dangerous detours. On the path of wisdom, we're told, your steps will not be hampered, you will not stumble. Now, that doesn't mean we don't fall or we don't deal with difficulties or we don't find ourselves in, in hard places. But it means that God has equipped us and he has given us what we need to, to uh, to work through that and to walk through that and, and what we need is his presence and his wisdom and his guidance. So fathers, to guide our children in wisdom is to guide them in, in listening and heeding the truth of God's word and his commands and, and to teach them how to apply that in the various situations we face in life, helping them to see where things are wrong and where such things lead. Dad, I mean, dad's here. If you thought you maybe been a dad, or you, you are a dad now, or maybe you were a child, how many of you have had the talk with your kids? How many of you have heard the talk from one of your dads, or for your dad? You know what I'm talking about, right? The talk. 
It's the talk. It's the, the birds and the bees. It's the, it's the time we say we got to sit down with our, our sons or our daughters and, and, and bring them into the, the, the wisdom as well as the dangers of sex and sexuality and all that kind of thing. I remember I had to talk with one of my boys over breakfast at Chick-fil-A, and he could never eat chicken wings again. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Parents, we want to have that that talk with our kids, but do we have the talk with them about how to handle other important matters on the path of life? Do we actually intentionally say, I'm going to sit down and have a talk with you about, about how to handle these stories you're hearing in the news, or how to handle these relationships at school, or I want to sit down and, and have a talk with you about how you face that bully at school, how you deal with with prejudice against others. I want to sit down and talk with you about how, how you resist peer pressure to do things that are wrong, how to discern what you watch and what you listen to or where you go online. We need to constantly be, be pointing our children, be guiding them in the way and the path of wisdom, the path of righteousness, which means we also need to be careful that we are walking that path ourselves. We cannot, as dads or, or as moms, as parents, we cannot have that, that mentality of do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> that doesn't work. It will lead our children astray. And so the walk of wisdom is, is not as much about, is just as much about walking in the path of right, righteousness as well as it is about avoiding the path of wickedness. We need to heed the do not enter sign that God places in his word and he writes on our hearts and he gives us uh, oftentimes um, in the situations we face. Look at verse 15. Do not walk in the way of evil. Avoid it. Don't go on it. Turn away from it. Pass by it. I don't think it can be said any better than that or more firmly than that. Notice the description of these two pathways or choices we can follow in life. The path of righteousness is like the light of dawn which shines brighter and brighter until full day. There's, there's, there's movement there. There's growth. We grow in wisdom. We walk and become shaped more and more into the children and into the image of God's Son, Jesus Christ. But then it says, in, in, to, to the way of wisdom to walk with Jesus according to the ways of our Heavenly Father is to walk in the light. Jesus said to, to his disciples, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And contrasted with that is the way of wickedness, which is light, deep darkness. To walk in it is to stumble and to, to live a restless, sleepless hungry and, and thirsty life in which we are never satisfied. And the Bible says there's only two ways. One is that narrow road that leads to life, the way of wisdom, the path of uprightness, and the other is a, a broad road that leads to destruction. And there's no middle ground. And so God calls us to, to walk in the way of wisdom and to lead our children along the path of uprightness. So, so wisdom is a person to be loved, a path to be followed, and lastly, it is principles to be guarded. The Father closes his instructions by saying, Be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. 
Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Wisdom is truth in action. It is truth lived out. And if we are to remain on the path of wisdom, we must guard with all our strength the principles God gives us for walking on that path. And here it's pictured in terms of of the essence of our character, having a heart of wisdom. Wisdom is not just precepts to be obeyed, but it's principles that shape, that, 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 that change the very core of who we are. And we should not be interested in, in, in teaching our children. We should not just be interested in behavior modification, but that our children are, have hearts of wisdom. They are, they are, are taking this in because a wise life will flow from a wise heart. And so the heart is that wellspring of life. And therefore, as fathers, as parents, we aim for the heart. As his children, God aims for the heart, not just our outward conformity. He wants to change us from the inside out. And to guard our heart means to have the principles for life given to us by the author of life embedded deep into our very soul, which brings us back to where we started. We need to love wisdom in order to live according to wisdom. We need to love wisdom in order to live according to wisdom. So to have a heart of wisdom means we are careful with what flows out of our heart in our speech. Notice what what the proverb says. The wind changed my page. It says, put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. Out of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so so much of wisdom in our heart is reflected in what we say and how we say it. And we'll see as we go on through Proverbs that it has a great deal to say to that. To have a heart of wisdom means we need to be careful with what flows into our heart, through our ears and through our eyes, for what we listen to and look to. Incline your ears to my sayings, says the Father. Let your eyes look directly forward. Your gaze be straight before you. Have the blinders of wisdom on. The eyes and ears are like a window to the soul. And we have to be careful what we, what we let in, what we open that up to. And so how are we helping our children? And how are we inclining our own ears to God's truth and, and fixing our eyes upon Jesus and his word? And the heart of wisdom means we have to be careful where we go. It says, ponder the path of your feet that your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. And so we guard the principles of wisdom. We, we hold them deeply in our heart as we, as we live them out in our lives with what we, what we see and what we hear and what we say and what we do. You know, in a war zone, there are soldiers whose job it is to sweep a minefield, to go before and, and clear out any dangers that are there. And they will walk carefully, very carefully, watching every step that they take, looking at the ground, making sure there's no trip wires or buttons that they're stepping on, clearing every, every place before they set their foot down and, and sweeping the earth with a, a metal detector. And as they go, they map out a route so that those coming behind them can walk safely. And fathers in particular, you are 
you are like a minesweeper for your children. You are like a minesweeper for your children. You are to go before them. You are to help them see the, the dangers of life. You are to show them the, the places and the, the people that they are to avoid and those that they are to, to gather around them. You are to help them understand the lies that need to be ignored and the deceptions that need to turn their gaze away from. You are to point them to the one, to follow the one who, is, who has already walked that path, who has already paved the way and, 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 uh, and, and put the route before us. The one who literally threw himself on a grenade, on the mine of God's judgment for our sin in order that we might be saved and we might live for him and we might love like him and we might lead our children and others to him. Wisdom is a person to be loved. It's a path to be followed. It's principles to be guarded. And wisdom is found in Jesus Christ, who is the way and the truth and the life. And he's called us as fathers. He's called us as parents. He's called us as the church to lead and to guide our children and others to follow him. And so brothers and sisters, you may not have had a father you could really love or you could really follow. You may not have had a father who led you in the path of uprightness. You may not have had a father who had a heart of wisdom and taught you the principles that lead to life. Those of us who are fathers, we are not going to be perfect fathers. We are going to lead our children astray in some cases. We're going to tell them things that we that, 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 that are not according to God's word. And we need to be aware of that and we need to be quick to repent of that. But Jesus comes to break the cycle of sin that is passed down from our first father in the garden and continues to be passed down generation after generation. He comes to break that cycle. And he enables us to begin and to carry on a legacy of wisdom to our children and to our children's children as we love and embrace him, as we walk in light of his grace and truth, as we trust in him with all our hearts and guard our hearts by keeping our eyes fixed on him. And children, if your dad is seeking to, to guide you in wisdom, the best thing you can do is listen to him. Pay attention to what he's telling you, and your mom too, and to, and to learn what it is to get wisdom. And so the best gift we can receive on Father's Day, you can receive on Father's Day, is the love of your Heavenly Father in Jesus Christ. He loves you as his child. And the best gift you as a father can give to your children is to share and show them Jesus, that they might love and walk with him in wisdom. Let's pray together. Father, as we sang long before creation, you poured out your love upon us as your children through your son, Jesus Christ, and we thank you that you have opened our eyes to that love and you've called us to yourself. And I pray, Lord God, if there are those here this morning who do not know your love, the love of a good and perfect Father, that they would know it now. That they would see your love poured out in the life and death and resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, for them. And they would embrace it as life and as wisdom and as grace. And then, Father, I pray that you would work in us.
to shape us according to your word, to help us to walk wisely as fathers, as mothers, as brothers and sisters in Christ, that we would have a desire to, to live for you and love like you and lead to you by walking the path of wisdom, by loving the person who is wisdom, by guarding the principles and the truth that guides us in wisdom. Lord, would you do that in us? And would we rejoice in you as our Heavenly Father? We thank you for this day. We thank you for, for your great love for us and for the opportunity we have to give thanks and express our love to you in worship. And so we continue to do that in our fellowship together. Would you be honored and glorified? In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together as God's people.